Hello and welcome to the Old Time Radio Forever broadcast. I'm your host, Matt Perry. Join us weekly as we explore the golden era of American radio through the dramas, westerns, mysteries, and comedies that shaped the golden age. Be sure to give us a thumbs up or a five-star review on all of the podcast directories that you may use. Hello once again, Matt Perry here, bringing you the Old Time Radio Forever podcast. This week, we're going to focus on situation comedies. But before we get started, let's have a word from our sponsors. Anchor.fm is by far the easiest podcast interface that I have ever experienced. As an audiophile and someone who loves producing my own podcast, the answer was simple when I went looking for a host and a software interface, and that was Anchor.fm. I encourage everyone that is interested in creating their own podcast to head on over to www.anchor.fm, and I cannot wait to hear your podcast. Our first show on this week's episode is unique in the world of radio comedy, unique in the way that its character got his start. A very funny character in an otherwise forgettable Broadway musical, Henry Aldrich, played by Ezra Stone, appeared in the Broadway play What a Life. The play didn't last long, but Stone's character Aldrich caught the eye of Rudy Valley, the radio star. Valley asked that a character be written into his play using Stone, and the rest, as they say, is history. Stone would continue playing Henry Aldrich through the NBC run up to 1942 until he was drafted into the United States Army. In 1943, Dickie Jones took over for his one season as the title character, Henry Aldrich. And that is the season that tonight's episode is from. From April the 3rd, 1943, Henry Aldrich and his pal Homer go around selling war bonds. This is the Aldrich family. Clifford Goldsmith. Entertainment for all the family, brought to you by Postum, a tempting, wholesome drink for all the family. Postum. how a mother can sing as simple a melody as that to a baby, and very often, even before she's finished the song, that baby is sunk in sweet, sound slumber. But as we grow older, many of us lose the ability to slip off to sleep quickly. And isn't that particularly true about some of you who drink coffee? For coffee does keep many people awake, even though others can drink it without ill effect. 
If you happen to be one of the wakeful ones, it might be sensible to switch to Postum, which contains no caffeine or other stimulant. Nothing at all that can possibly rob you of sleep. Postum has a grand flavor, you know. Rich, full-bodied. The kind of drink that makes you fairly expand with satisfaction. So if you think coffee disturbs your sleep, start now to make Postum your regular mealtime drink instead of coffee. Give it a fair trial. And then see if you're not pleased as punch that you switched. First, because you're sleeping so much better. And second, because Postum is such a really swell drink. is a boy, and that's all there is to it. He gets into difficulties somehow, and he gets out of them somehow, like Henry Aldrich. But what happens in between is usually unforgettable. The scene opens at the Aldrich dinner table. Will you have another piece of cherry pie, Sam? No, thank you, Alice. Sam, are you upset about something? Oh, I, Alice? No, what makes you think I'm upset? Well, dear, you've hardly spoken during this entire dinner. Well, frankly, I don't for the life of me see why you had to invite Homer over here for dinner and to spend the night. Sam, I had to. His mother and father have gone over to Abbott City. And besides, one more person certainly isn't going to make any great difference. But, Alice, do you realize it's 20 minutes after 8 and we're finishing dinner and Henry and Homer haven't even shown up yet? Yes, dear, and I'm going to speak to both of them. Although the only thing I feel bad about is these potato pancakes. And that's another thing, Alice. How did we happen to have potato pancakes? Well, I was going to have cream cauliflower, but Homer says he doesn't eat it. That's still no excuse for for potato pancakes. Sam, they're one of Homer's favorite dishes. That's also why I went to the trouble of making a cherry pie. Homer loves cherries. Then I say the least he could have done was to have been here in time to eat them. Just where are the boys? Can't we phone them someplace? Well, I don't know where they are. They left here right after school and went out to sell war bonds. They're selling war bonds? Yes, dear. They've both been made Minutemen? Minutemen? Well, they're an hour and a quarter late. <laughs> Alice, how do you know something hasn't happened to them? Now, Sam, just be sensible. They certainly aren't very far away. Oh, that may be Henry right now. He wants you to come and get him someplace. You tell Henry that wherever he is, he should start for home at once. Yes, dear. Hello? Yes, Mrs. Kendall, this is Mrs. Aldrich. Oh, really? Really, this afternoon? You don't say so. Well, Mrs. Kendall, I'll tell him. Thank you for calling. Goodbye. Alice, did you tell him his dinner's getting cold? Uh, Sam, that was Mrs. Kendall, and she's terribly upset. Yes? What's the trouble? Well, she just discovered Henry made out a war bond pledge for her to sign, and she thought it was for $100, and it was for 1000 Yeah? And he also left one of his fur-lined gloves there. At the Kendall's? Alice, the Kendall's live at least a mile and a half out of town. Yes, dear, on the north road. But a mile and a half isn't so far. I know, but it started to snow. It's snowing hard. And I say they ought to be here. Did you get your folks, Henry? No, Homer. Gee whiz, the line's still busy. Boy. Every time I call him, it seems to be busy. Boys, we just had a phone call for you. You did, Mrs. Cooper, from my father? From your father? No, for Mrs. Snyder. She lives about a mile on up the road. Mrs. Snyder? Yes, she called to ask whether you know you left one of your overshoes at her house. We did. Oh, boy, look, it's mine. Now, listen, homie, you're getting more darn careless. Well, I can remember everything, Henry. I have to carry all our pencils and all our bond information, don't I? Say, aren't you boys sort of hungry? Hungry? 
I've got some nice corned beef and cabbage out in the kitchen. I could warm up for you. Oh, no. Henry's mother has a swell dinner waiting for us. She fixed some potato pancakes and a cherry pie, just because I like them. Potato pancakes and cherry pie? Sure. As a matter of fact, I like any kind of cherries, just so long as they're canned. Well, you're easy to please, aren't you? Jane. Yes, Will, I'll be right there. Henry, don't you think you ought to try phoning your folks again? Well, I'll try, Homer. But my folks know we're out selling bonds, and if they aren't worried, why should we get upset? I'll answer it, Alice, if that's the boys. I want to speak to them. Hello? Yes, this is Samuel Aldrich. Who is it, Sam? It's long distance. Oh, my goodness. Hello? Sam, who is it? Hello? Alice, it's Homer's mother. Oh, my goodness, from way over in Abbott City? Yes, Elizabeth, Homer's fine. No, he's no trouble at all. Mrs. Aldrich made some potato pancakes for him tonight, and... And you want to speak to him? Well, Elizabeth, right this minute, he's... Uh, um, he and Henry stepped out for a few minutes, but there's nothing to worry about, I don't think. Yes, Elizabeth? We'll see that he wears his overshoes. Yes, goodbye. Sam, do you realize it's going on 9 o'clock? Well, what if it is? But don't you realize it's snowing out and Henry has only one glove? I know it, Alice, but you told me not to worry. Dear, if Elizabeth Brown was worried enough to call all the way from Abbott City, it seems to me the least you can do is worry a little. Sam, let me answer it. I'll see who it is. Hello? Yes, this is Mrs. Aldrich. Yes, Mr. Edmonds. My goodness, two hours ago... His earmuffs? Well, thank you so much. Goodbye. Where is he? Henry left his earmuffs at the Edmonds out on the North Road nearly two hours ago. At the Edmonds? That means they're getting farther and farther away from home. And Sam, just listen to that wind howl out there. Well, I know what I'm going to do. Sam, where are you going? Get my hat and coat. You mean you're going to look for them? But, Sam, do you think you can drive the car through this snowstorm? Now, don't worry about me, Alice. It's the boys you've got to think about. Boys comfortable in the other room, Jane? Yes, Will. And, Will, don't say anything, but I'm going to surprise them. Yes? I'm going to fix them some potato pancakes and open a can of cherries. Yeah. Was that all? Well, one of them says it's all he ever eats. Yes? Mr. Cooper? Yes, sir, I'll be right there. Uh, Mr. Cooper, are you sure your phone works all right? I don't know why it shouldn't. Uh, you boys wouldn't like to stay overnight, would you? Oh, no, no thanks. If we don't get home before long, my, my folks might begin to wonder where we are. Sorry we couldn't buy a bond from you boys. If we only had some way to get our cow into town and sell her, I'd be able to buy one. You would, Mr. Cooper? Yeah, but my truck's broken down. Well, Henry, why couldn't we help him get his cow into town? Sure, we could walk her in for you. Well, if you want to come out and get her someday, she's right out there in the barn. And you'll buy a war bond? We'll turn every cent we can get for her into bonds. Well, where's the can opener? Uh, just a minute, Jane. I'll be right there. Boy, Henry, I'll bet if we could sell that cow, we'd get $50 for her. 50 Homer. 50 are you crazy? Is that too much for a good cow? Too much, Homer. Gee whiz, I heard of a cow once selling for a thousand dollars. A thousand? Or maybe it was two or three thousand. Just an ordinary cow? What do you mean, ordinary? She gave something like five tons of butter a year. Does that sound very ordinary? Five tons of butter? Sure. Are you sure it was butter? Homer, the point is we can sell Mr. Cooper a bond. Oh. Well, listen, Henry, is that the wind I hear outside? Boy. 
We ought to be getting started for home. What do you say we take a look out the front door? Put your things on first, Homer. I'm putting them on. I'm putting them on. Come on, let's take a look out here. Oh, boy. Henry, do you think we ought to go home tonight? We've got to. Don't you realize we're going to sell more bonds tomorrow, and we've got to get an early start? Well, that's true. Well, let's get started. Oh, Mrs. Cooper. Mrs. Cooper! that door open like that. Close it and come on. Okay. Now, don't push me, Homer. I'm not pushing you. I'm just hanging on to it. Listen, Homer, I've got an idea. Boy, if we can do it. Stand Henry and a friend of his were out here, and I thought you might give me some information as to which way they went. Well, as I recall it, they were here about six o'clock. Mr. Edmonds bought a bond from them. Oh, and incidentally, here are Henry's earmuffs. Oh, uh, thank you. Thank you. But I have no idea as to which direction they went from here, Mr. Aldrich. No. Do you mind if I use your phone, Mrs. Edmonds? No, help yourself. It's right here. Hello? Number, please. Elm 303. Elm 303? Please. You mean your boy's lost? Oh, uh, no. No, Henry isn't lost, but it's getting on toward 10 o'clock, and naturally we'll be more comfortable. Hello? If... Hello, is this you, Alice? Yes, dear. Where are you? I'm out at the Edmonds. Well, my goodness, Sam, they announced on the radio that the storm was getting worse and the cars were getting stuck. And I phoned for a tow truck to go out and find you. Alice, why did you do that? Because I hadn't heard from you, Sam. Did you find the boy? Uh, no, Alice, I thought that maybe by this time you would have some word from them. Well, I've had one phone call, Sam, from the Joneses. The Joneses? They live out on the North Road. And Mr. Jones says Henry and Homer had been there, and that after they left, he found an automatic pencil with your name on it. My pencil? Yes, dear. Well, that's a fine thing. Alice, I'm going to have a talk with Henry. Now, dear, let's not worry about a pencil at a time like this. Let's find the boys. All right. Goodbye, dear. Goodbye. Mrs. Edmonds. Yes, Mr. Aldrich. Which direction do the Joneses live from here? Well, you want to go on out this road about two more miles. Two miles? Yes. Are the boys out there? No, but they've been out that way. Mr. Aldrich, I've just been talking with Mr. Edmonds, and he's going to take his car and work in the other direction. You sure it won't be too much trouble? No, not at all. He went to bed a little early tonight, but just as soon as he gets his clothes on, he'll be starting. Oh, thanks. <sighs> Some night out. Mr. Aldrich, don't you want me to get you a paper bag to put those earmuffs in? No, thank you. I'll put them right on. Boy, is this some night, Homer? Keep your head down, Henry, and sort of walk backwards. What do you think I'm doing? Boy! Henry, look ahead. There's a truck or something. Where? Right down the road. It's just standing there. Oh, boy! Come on! I'm coming. There's only so fast I can go, though, Henry. Gee whiz, I'm not Hercules. Look, Homer, it's a tow truck. Hey, mister! Mister! Who's that? It's us! Can you give us a lift, please? Okay, if I can get out of this drift here. Well, gee whiz, are you going all the way into Centerville? Yep. Just as soon as I find a car I'm out looking for, hop on the back. Well, look, uh, do you have room for a cow on your truck? What's that? We've got this cow, see? We're taking her into town for a guy, and we're going to surprise him. Your what? Sure, he wants to buy a bond. Say, ain't she cold? Oh, gee, no. We got two blankets tied around her. Yeah. 
tell me, shall I tell the boys to come into their supper? Not for another minute, Will. I want to get these potato pancakes a little bit browner. I knew all the time we'd find a can of cherries down the cellar. Just a case of our keeping on, we located them. <laughs> Didn't I hear Bess mooing when we came up from the cellar? What if you did? She's all right. She's good and warm out there in the barn. Of course she is. She likes the cold. All right, Will. You better call them. Uh, boys, Mrs. Cooper has a little surprise for you. Boys. Tell them to hurry right up, Will. Uh, boys. Oh, boys. Come on, Bess. Come on. Come with Henry. You know, Henry, she isn't a bad cow, is she? No, she isn't. And I think she likes walking better than she did riding on that truck. Boy, that wasn't a lot of work. Just nicely got her on the darn thing, and he runs right into another drift. That driver was a nice guy, though. It was very decent of him to promise to buy a bond from us. Well, wait a second, Henry. Wait a second. What's the matter? Have have we gotten off the road a little? Oh, boy, where'd this snow drift come from? And now, wait, Homer. Get around on the other side of her, and we'll try to back her out. Well, wait a second, Henry. Wait a second. I think she's getting cold around the ears. Well, what are you going to do? Tie my muffler around her head. What do you think? Well, gee whiz, that's a good idea. Then she'll be really comfortable. Hello? Yes, this is Mrs. Aldrich's residence. Why, no, Mr. Kilmer, I haven't heard a word from Sam. Yes, Mr. Kilmer, they went right out on the north road. Well, if you don't mind taking your car out on a night like this, I'd certainly appreciate it. Gee, Homer, it's nice and warm in here. Yeah, boy... Imagine finding a roadside stand open this time of night. Boy, I wish we had a little money with us. I'll say. Something smells good, doesn't it? Homer, are you sure you tied Bess real tight? Sure, I tied her with a special slip knot I learned from a guy. She ought to be very comfortable where we left her. There isn't any wind there or anything. Something I can do for you, boy? Oh, why, no, ma'am. We just... uh, We couldn't have a sort of a drink of water, could we? A drink of water? Yeah, we've been out in that darn storm, and, and are we thirsty? Which way are you driving? We're not driving, we're walking. Walking? Yeah, we've been selling war bonds, and, and I guess we got a little further out than we thought we had. You've been selling bonds? Yeah. Had any dinner? Uh, no, ma'am. That's why we'd sort of appreciate a glass of water, if it wouldn't be too much trouble. Well, you certainly ought to have something to eat. I'll be glad to fix you up. Free of charge, free of charge. You want a hamburger and some soup? A hamburger? And the only thing is... You don't have any potato pancakes, do you? Potato pancakes? And canned cherries. I sort of had my mind made up for those all day. Potato pancakes? And do you have any hay? Any hay? Sure, for that. She's outside. Henry, she wouldn't want some corn, too, would she? No, Homer. It might upset her. Well, I can get you the potato cakes and the cherries, but I can't get you the rest. Well, that's all right. I think Bess had a little supper before we left anyhow. Hey, boys, have either of you got a shotgun? What's that? A shotgun? Yeah, yeah, there's a moose outside here. Gee, there's a moose. Yeah, it's daylight, brother. 
First it made a noise like a cow, and then as it swung around the building here and headed out toward the road, I saw it was a big, shaggy moose. Homer, come on. Listen, Henry, I'm not going to chase any moose. Where'd it go, mister? Where'd it go? Headed right up the road there. Homer, aren't you coming? That's fast. Come on. I don't know. It begins to look as if Homer Brown would never get those potato pancakes, doesn't it? On the other hand, by the time he and Henry plow through another mile or two of cold and snow, they may be lots more interested in something good and hot to drink. And that could very well be Postum. For Postum is certainly a good drink, and served piping hot in the cup with cream or top milk added to taste, Postum has a look that says, Drink Me, in capital letters. And as for taste... It's my opinion there isn't a mealtime drink made that can beat that tantalizing goodness, that lusty, robust postum flavor, a flavor that's really distinctive, really unusual. Now, that means you mustn't expect when you try it that postum is going to taste like coffee any more than you'd expect coffee to taste like tea. Remember, postum has its own special goodness. And like as not, when you've once discovered how very good that is, You and Postum will be mealtime partners the rest of your days. So tomorrow, get Postum at your grocer's. And tomorrow night, get set to enjoy one of America's great mealtime drinks, Postum. Now getting back to the troubles of Henry Aldrich. Henry and his friend Homer outselling war bonds have been unable to get back home in time for dinner because of a heavy blizzard. The scene opens on a road some distance outside Centerville. The time is very late at night. Aren't you Mr. Aldrich from Centerville? I am. Well, guess you're the fellow I was sent out to tow in. Oh, yeah? How'd you get your car sideways across the road like this? Well, I've been out looking for my son and a friend of his, and... I was driving along, and I know you won't believe me, but coming right up the road toward me, I saw a bear. What's that? A big black bear. He was walking on all fours, and I jammed on the brakes and swerved around like this. Well, Mr. Aldridge, there aren't any bears in this part of the country. That's what I thought, but I saw it with my own eyes. What's that, another car trying to get by? Hey, what's the trouble there? There's a fella here says he was just attacked by a bear. What's that? Look, while you're hooking on, I'll go into this roadside stand here and phone my wife. Something I can do for you? Uh, good evening. Uh, you have a telephone here? Sure, right over there by that jukebox. Well, by the way, you couldn't be fixing something up for me that's hot, could you? Well, I've got a special on tonight. Potato pancake. Potato pancake. No, thanks. I'll just telephone. up with something right away. Mother! Mrs. Aldrich! Mother! Father! She was... Do you suppose they've gone out? Come on, Henry. Let's see what's out in the kitchen. You know, I think Bess is going to be very comfortable where we left her. I don't know why she shouldn't be. 
Look, Homer, look in the icebox. Your favorite food. What is it, Henry? What is it? Potato pancakes. And boy, do I like them cold. And look, Homer, there's half a cherry pie there. Oh, boy, we'll split it, Henry. Here, put it on here over on the kitchen table. Okay. Oh, boy, what a dinner. Oh, boy. Now, listen, Homer, when you cut that pie, at least use a knife. It breaks all right, Henry. It breaks very nicely. <laughs> Hand me a potato pancake. Don't bother me, Homer. I, I just found something. What? A note here. It's for my father. It says, Sam, Harriet called and thinks they might have gone to the movies. Have gone down to the movies to look. Who wrote it? My mother. Who do you think? Well, I wonder if it's a good picture she's seen. Aren't you going to eat anything, Henry? Here, Homer, use a fork. Remember, you're a guest. I don't need a fork. I'll just roll them up and slip them in. Answer the phone, will you, while I catch up with you. Okay. Homer, won't you please hurry? I'm going to answer it, Henry. I've got to get my mouth emptied first, though. Hello? Who? Well, this is Homer Brown. Oh, gee whiz, is that you, Mother? Sure, this is Homer. Well, I haven't been any place. Oh, we got a cow, see? <laughs> a cow! We're going to turn it into war bonds. <laughs> No, Mr. and Mrs. Aldrich aren't here. They've gone to the movies. Sure. And in a few minutes, I'm going to bed. Sam, is that you? Yes, Alice. My goodness, dear, where have you been? Where have I been? Where have I been? Where are the boys? Haven't you found them? No, Alice. All I found were these earmuffs, this overshoe, and my pencil. Where were you when I was trying to phone you? Sam, didn't you get my note? What note? Oh, of course you didn't, dear. How could you? I've been down to the movies. You went to the movies? Yes, dear, and I just called Harriet and gave her a piece of my mind. What about? She gets the silliest ideas, Sam. First she called me and said she thought she'd seen the boys going to the movies earlier in the evening. And now what do you think she says? What? She says there's a story going around that somebody saw a bear out on the edge of town. What's wrong with that? What? I saw a bear myself. Now, Sam. I did, Alice. That's how I got stuck. Has something gone wrong with the car? No, it's all right now. I've got it out in front. And what I want to know is where I'm going to look for the boys next. Alice. Do you hear what I just heard? No, dear. What was it? Well, I'm not sure, but it sounded like a cow. Now, Sam, first you see a bear, and then you come home and hear cows. I don't know what it is I hear, but it certainly is something, and I'm going out to see what it is. But, Sam! Hello? What's that, Mrs. Edmonds? Mr. Edmonds is back home? He had to leave his car on a hill. Oh, isn't that a shame? Mr. Aldrich left what at your place? His scarf? Well, thank you so much for calling. Goodbye. Mother, is that you down there? Henry Aldrich, where are you? Gee whiz, I've been in bed. Did you see a good picture? Henry, what's happened to Homer? Oh, me, Mrs. Aldrich. I'm all right. I just have a little stomachache. For some reason, Mother, we weren't able to get to sleep. May I ask where you've been? Selling bonds, Mother. And it looks as though we're going to break all the records. Boy, I'll say. We sold a bond at darn near every place we went to. But, dear... Oh, but gee, look at my earmuffs. Did I leave these here before I start off today? Henry, your father found those. Father? 
Where is he? He's outside, dear. And when he comes in, I wouldn't bother him very much. Is something wrong with him, Mrs. Aldrich? He's tired, Homer. Very tired. And so much on edge, he even thinks he hears a cow. A cow, Mother? Yes, dear. He just stepped out to look for one. Gee whiz, Henry. Do you suppose Bess is calling us? Who? Bess, Mother. Bess. Our war bond cow. Sure, Mrs. Aldrich. We're going to surprise a farmer. Surprise a what? A farmer, Mother. We're going to sell his cow for him. Where? Where? Henry, where is the cow? Out in the garage. In the garage? Sure, we brought her all the way into town. Through this door? Yes, Mother, but we kept her good and warm. And we now have a cow out in our garage? Sure, we even gave her some oatmeal. Boy, did she laugh it up. Now, dear, oatmeal. Sure, Mother, we even put some milk on it. Milk? You gave her some of our milk? Oh, no, Mrs. Aldrich. We drew some off of her and poured it on the other <laughs> I'd go back upstairs before your father comes in. Right now? Right now. Will you promise to call us, Mrs. Aldrich, if he feels best wants us? Yes, dear. Come on, Homer. As a matter of fact, I'm beginning to feel the strain a little myself. Same here. At least I want to lie down. Alice? Yes, Sam? I know you'll say I'm seeing things, but there is a cow in our garage. Well, yes, dear. Of course there is. What's that? The boys put her there. What boys? Henry and Homer. They're upstairs in bed. Why didn't you tell me? What did they bring a cow home for? Well, Sam... Of all... Now, Sam, where are you going? I'm going up and have a talk with them. Now, Sam, come back here. What for? Don't you realize those boys have been selling bonds all day? That's no excuse, Alice. Think of what I've been through tonight. But do you think of what they've been through, too? They sold a bond at every house they went to. Yes? And that cow, Sam, that upset you so. Do you realize what that cow is? What? A war bond pledge. What's that? Yes, dear. And they led her all the way back to town through this storm and everything. They hadn't even had supper. My goodness, Sam, don't you realize what that means? But, Alice, they might have given us a little consideration. Sam, they hadn't even given themselves consideration. There's only one thing that was important, and that was to sell just as many bonds as they possibly could. That's the only spirit with which we're going to win this whole war. Well... Mother! Yes, dear? Could you come take a look at Homer? At Homer? Yes, please. He's beginning to think the cherries in that pie weren't pitted. <laughs> Friends, you can get Postum in two forms, Postum and Instant Postum. Instant Postum is the quick and easy way to make one cup or six. Because Instant Postum dissolves instantly in your cup by just adding boiling water. No matter which form of Postum you choose, however, you can count on enjoying a delightful and distinctive treat. For Postum is one of America's great mealtime drinks. Here you are, Mrs. Cooper. Yes, Mr. Aldrich. Here's the money the boys got when they sold your cow. Well, thank you. And now you can sign a pledge for a bond. Well, it certainly was nice of you to drive all the way out here. Won't you stay and have a little bite of lunch with us? Can we, Father? Why, fine, fine. All right, I'll go out to the kitchen and put the potato pancakes on. Potato pancakes? Now, wait. Listen again next week, same time, same station, for another sparkling half hour with your favorite youngster, his family, and his pals. The Aldrich Family is written by Clifford Goldsmith. The original musical score is conducted by Jack Miller. And this is Dan Seymour saying, 
Your host tonight is Postum, and Postum is one of America's great mealtime drinks. It's good drinking. Good night. That was War Bonds, the Aldrich family from April the 3rd, 1943. One of the most iconic intros in radio history. The Aldrich family ran for over a decade on the radio, television, and film. Up next, the gold standard of American radio comedies. Over 20 years and over 1,600 shows. It's Jim and Marion Jordan as Fibber McGee and Molly. The Johnson Wax Program. The makers of Johnson's Wax and Johnson's Self-Polishing Glow Coat present Fibber McGee and Molly, Incident Number 258, written by Don Quinn, with music by the King's Men and Billy Mills Orchestra. The show opens with The World is in My Arms. Have you ever stopped to think how many labor-saving devices you modern women have in your homes compared with the homes of 50 years ago? How would you like to give up your telephone, your washing machine, vacuum cleaner, electric refrigerator, or food mixer, just to mention a few? Well, I know the answer. And I know something else you wouldn't like to give up. That labor-saving floor polish, Johnson self-polishing glow coat. Think of having to go back to old-fashioned scrubbing again to keep your linoleum floors clean. Yes, housekeeping certainly has been made more pleasant with Glow Coat to save you work every month and to make your linoleum wear longer, too. Women who aren't now using Johnson's Glow Coat in their homes are missing a lot because Glow Coat requires no rubbing or buffing. You simply apply and let dry. In 20 minutes, your floor is sparkling and gleaming with a beautiful, long-lasting polish. If you have any friends who don't know Johnson's self-polishing Glow Coat, You'll be doing them a favor to mention it to them. You know, there's nothing like a handyman about the house, is there? Oh, is there? Well, well, Fibber would be a handier man if he could keep track of his screwdriver. He thinks it's in his tool chest, so he brought the tool chest up into the living room, which is no place for a tool chest. And here, emptying things out of the tool chest, we find Fibber McGee and Molly. For goodness sakes, McGee, what have you got there? A 
tool chest. You heard what the man said. <laughs> well, did you bring that up out of the basement just to look for a screwdriver? Yep. Too dark in the cellar. The light socket's busted. Why don't you fix it? Can't find my screwdriver. Well, use the blade of your jackknife. I can't. The point's busted off. How'd you do that? Using it as a screwdriver. <laughs> now, let's see. Bicycle sprocket. Auto crank. Wood-burning outfit. What's that book there under the broken alarm clock? This? Well, it's Helpful Hints on Home Handicraft by Henry Horace Epplewhite. It's great stuff, too. Is that where you got the information about how to fix my sewing machine? Yeah, how does it work now? Oh, fine. Except that the bobbin keeps coming loose and shoots across the room. I nearly got Mrs. Uppington the other day. She was sitting down at the time, too. (laughs) Which wasn't very sporting of me. (laughs) Umbrella handle. Bear trap. Let that bear trap lay there, Molly. We might catch Gildersleeve in it. <laughs> oh, hey. Here's that old shotgun I was going to fix the trigger spring on. Oh. Oh. Come to think of it, I did fix that trigger spring. <laughs> now, isn't that nice? Now you can fix that hole in the ceiling, too. Or make it a little bigger and install a brass pole, and then we'd have a nice guest room for visiting fire. You wouldn't be getting sarcastic, would you? No. And incidentally, what do you want the screwdriver for? No, I'm going to fix something, Molly, and I don't want to tell you. I want to surprise you. Who's that? Uh-oh. It's Mrs. Uppington. The front bumper of the station wagon set. <laughs> The queen of Wistful Vista Society, and wouldn't you love to crown? <laughs> Come in. Oh, how do you do, Mrs. Uppington? Uh, how do you do, Mrs. McGee? And Mr. McGee? Hi, Uppy. I, uh, I just stepped into... Oh, what have I stepped into? <laughs> well, uh, you stepped into an old camera, Mrs. Uppington. But don't feel badly about it. He never used it anyway. Oh, I was going to fix that camera when I got time. What was the matter with it? Well, when you looked into that ground glass plate, everything was upside down. Oh. I got so dad ratted tired of standing on my head to take pictures that oh, I just... Oh, really? May, how awkward. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, he rather enjoyed it, Mrs. Uppington. He was always a bit of a pixie with a brownie. <laughs> uh, well, you simply must allow me to pay for the damage. I insist on making the loss good. Oh, well... Why? It was no good and it's no loss. Why, Molly? How can you be so mean to Mrs. Uppington? You want her, you want her to have this thing on her conscientious? <laughs> you want her to go through life with the guilty feeling that she's broke up a man's hobby with them big clumsy feet of McGee. hers? McGee! <laughs> And don't worry about paying for the camera, Mrs. Uppington. Oh, I wouldn't insult Mr. McGee by offering him money. Huh? Oh. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's just that I feel so badly about interfering with your artistic pursuit. Oh, sure. So I shall send you over a little box of watercolors that I have had ever since I was a slip of a girl. <laughs> uh, well, I must be going now. Look so... out! Look, Look out for that bear trap! trap. Oh. Oh. oh, you hurt, Mrs. Uppington. <laughs> Why should she be? She ain't caught in it. I am. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry, Mr. McGee. Oh, you are not. Oh, Mary. And I do hope the watercolors will make up for the loss of your camera. <laughs> Remember, 
for the old poem, which I just made up. <laughs> little spots of color, little lines of ink. You may think you're an artist, but confidentially... Well, goodbye. <laughs> I do, do I? <laughs> hey, Molly, open this dead ratted bear trap, will you? Well, how? Well, take a screwdriver. Oh, my gosh, no screwdriver. Hey, wait, I can do it. Oh. Ah, boy, is that a relief. Well, how on earth did you get it open, Oh, just use a little logic and common sense. I says to myself, now keep cool, McGee. Sure, I says. Now, what kind of a trap is this? Well, says I, it's a bear trap. Yes. Of course, I says. So what's the logical way to open a bear trap? Why, shucks, it says, with your bare hands. Oh. So, oh. oh, dear. Well, I'm glad it wasn't a mouse trap. You'd have had to give yourself a Mickey. <laughs> now, hurry up and get that junk off of my floor. Well, Molly, I haven't found a screwdriver yet. I don't want to Well, stick... for goodness sakes, run down to the hardware store and buy a screwdriver. I haven't got time to... Hello, Johnny! Hello, daughter! Going to the auto show? Oh, I don't think so. Not this year, Mr. Oldtimer. Why not, daughter? Well, I'll tell you, old-timer, they took all the fun out of it. You used to go to auto shows so you could stand on the running boards and watch the salesman show you how easy the clutch and the gear shift worked. And now, no gear shift, no clutches, no running boards. All they got left is the salesman. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good, Johnny. If a trifle exaggerated. But that ain't the way I hear it. <laughs> The way I hear it, one fella says to the other fella, Say, he says. <laughs> I see where Fibber McGee and Molly are back on the air. You hear their first two shows? Yep, says to the fella. Sure are in the groove, ain't they? That's an understatement, says the first fella. That ain't a groove, that's a rut. <laughs> ain't going to the auto show. Guess I'll take my gal. She's a streamlined cutie with seal beam headlights and a choice of paint jobs. And knee action. So long, kids. Happy
Yes, sir. What's the something for you? Oh, hi, bud. I want a screwdriver with a black handle. We're in the hardware store now, folks. I rattle some hardware, bud. Thanks. How about a screwdriver? With a black handle. Why a black handle? Well, why not? That's what I say. Get one with a black handle. Uh, yes, madam. A screwdriver with a black handle. Uh, what size? What do you mean, what size? You got to be fitted for them? <laughs> Well, we have itty-bitty baby ones for taking watches apart, mama-sized ones for stabbing beer cans open, and great big papa ones for wheel what work. Look, Goldilocks. I'm a medium-sized guy looking for a medium-sized screwdriver for a medium-sized job. Uh, just step this way, please. Uh, mind the wheelbarrow. Oh, 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 lead me past it, Molly. I, I don't want to look. Why not? It's only a common wheelbarrow. Oh, you know, Molly. My cousin Chamberlain. What? You remember what happened to him when he was working on Boulder Dam? No, I don't. Well, they found somebody had tampered with the concrete mixture. Don't tell me they suspected your cousin. Yes. The minute they seen his feet sticking out of the dam, they knew he was mixed up in it. <laughs> Him and another guy. <laughs> that must have been the foreman. The poor lad told us he was getting in solid with the boss. <laughs> you can open your eyes now, dearie. We'll okay. pass the wheelbarrow. Thanks. Okay, bud, where's the screwdrivers? And make it snappy because I want to hurry back. Hey, hardware man, come over to my house right away. What's the matter, Mr. Flanagan? Every time I try to sail my toy boat in the sink, it overflows. Well, why don't you use the bathtub? What? Get the coal all wet? Hurry, will you? <laughs> Screwdriver, bud. Remember? Oh, yes, yes. I'll get it right now. Hey, get a load of the old guy coming in with the beard and the bifocals, Molly. He looks kind of familiar to me. Well, he acts kind of familiar, too. He just winked at me. The dear old thing. Oh. Oh, he did, eh? Hey, look here, you with the jaw grass. <laughs> Who do you think you're winking to? Take it easy, Pepper. Heavenly date, Harlow Wilcox. What you doing in a false broccoli, <laughs> Harlow? Hey, Harlow, are you... Shh, shh, shh. I'm making a survey. Oh, uh, Mr. Hardware Man. Oh, yes, God. sir? Uh, my granddaughter sent me in for some floor wax. What's the best kind? Uh, well, we always recommend Johnson's, the uh, finest polish you can buy for floors, furniture, and woodwork. You don't say. Oh, yes, we do. <laughs> Gives a beautiful, lasting polish and protects all wood surfaces from scratches and stains. Uh, wait a minute, now I'll get to it. Mm, that's quite a disguise, Mr. Wilcox. Gee, thanks, Molly. I modeled it after Mr. Chips, you know, in the movie. Is it okay, Fibber? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you look like a well-dunked donut. <laughs> <laughs> that's the worst disguise I there ever... There you are, sir. Johnson's Wax. Not only the best protection for your flaws and woodwork... But it will add a great deal of beauty to your home. Thanks, Johnny. I'll tell my granddaughter what you said about Johnson's wax. And I'll be back after a bit. Certainly. Anytime, Mr. Wilcox. What? <laughs> you sold me this wax, remember? Oh, gee whiz, I never thought of that. <laughs> now then, uh, was there something for you, sir? A screwdriver. 
Remember me, bud? The fellow that wanted to buy a screwdriver with a black handle? Oh, yes, yes. Now, here's a wonderful screwdriver. 12-inch shaft, patented grip, non-skid tip, and transparent handle. He wants one with a black handle. But, madam, the transparent handles don't come in black. Dad, rat it, bud, who wants a transparent handle? All I want is a simple black handle. Hello there, Skipper. You got a good, strong, comfortable broom? Why, yes, we have, madam. Here's one, 75 cents special today. I'll take it. Where shall I have the broom sent, madam? Don't send it, Sniffles. I'm buying it for Halloween and I'm riding it home. I, I beg your pardon, sir. Have you been waited on? <laughs> have, I, have I been waited? Look, bud, for ten minutes I've been trying to get you to sell me a screwdriver. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Uh, here you are. I think this is the type of screwdriver you want, isn't it? That's it, bud. How much? Uh, two seventy-nine. Heavenly days, two seventy-nine. Oh, now, don't go into a tool spin, bud. <laughs> that screwdriver ain't worth no two seventy-nine. Well, I could get one across the street at the five and dime for 20 cents. Then why don't you? Well, they're all out of them. Well, when we're all out of them, we sell them for a nickel. Good day. Uh, Come on, McGee. Maybe we can find uh, one. Oh, there. Good day, my dear. Oh, hello, Mr. Boomer. A horrible Halloween to you, false face. Allow me to introduce my little nephew, Cedric Boomer. Cedric, take your hand out of the gentleman's pocket and say hello. <laughs> say hello to Mr. and Mrs. McGee. If you insist, Neon Moles. Hello, Molly Dolly. Greetings to you, stupid man. Ah. <laughs> Little Sir Echo, how do you do? Hey, is that a real revolver he's playing with? Oh, heavenly days. Do you permit him to have such dangerous toys, Mr. Boomer? Certainly, certainly. Spare the rod and spoil the child, I always say. Put the heater away, Cedric, before I kick your teeth down your little pink upper glottis. You lay a knuckle on me, Boomtown, and you'll wind up in a forest lawn mud pack. <laughs> well said, Cedric. Spirited lad, isn't he? Yes, indeed. Well, I'm sorry we can't stop for a little more conversation, Mr. Boomer, but we have to go home and hunt for a screwdriver. These people want two seventy-nine for one. Two seventy-nine? Yeah. Why, that's an outrage. I'll sell you one for only thirty-seven cents, myself. Shortcake. <laughs> Always carry a few tools with me for one reason and another. Thirty-seven cents, eh? Okay, Boomer, it's a deal. Let's see it. Of course, of course. Now let me see. Screwdriver, screwdriver. Where I put that screwdriver? Here's a letter from the draft board asking me to report in the morning. Hmm. Dated October fifteenth, nineteen seventeen. Yes, indeed. I should have dropped in some time ago. Postcard from Jefferson City Moe. Poor old Moe. You should have seen the police report they had on him. Reading time, 20 minutes. Doing time, 20 years. Glass eye with a sentimental gleam. Ah, what's this in my hip pocket? A small grimy hand with arm attached. Oh, it's you, Cedric Millard. Trying to follow in your uncle's fingerprints, eh? Perhaps you know what became of the above-mentioned screwdriver. Of course, of course. Let me see. Screwdriver, screwdriver. Where did I put that screwdriver? <laughs> Here's a water bubble gum that had a blowout. I must remember to have it vulcanized. Boy Scout knife. What am I carrying that for? I wouldn't knife a Boy Scout. <laughs> the butt of a chocolate cigar. 
License plate off a hot tricycle. And a check for a short root bear. Well, well, imagine that. No screwdriver. But come, Uncle Horatio. You said we were going to meet the mob and case a couple of joints for a heist. Oh, yes, I forgot. Tonight is bank night. Good day, my dear, and good day to you, fish fry. The King's Men sing Sawing a Woman in Half. Youngster of seven or eight, I worshipped a hero, a man truly great. I'd stare open-eyed at this wonderful man as he took his place on the stage and began sawing a woman in half. I'd shiver and shake and I'd laugh. Uh, he'd show us a lady, I'm not telling fibs, a lady who had no regard for her ribs. He'd saw the poor girl into fractions and then the orchestra play until we meet again. Well, whale of a trick, boy, did I get a kick out of sawing a woman in <laughs> Right through the middle, the saw quickly goes. Until it had parted her head from her toes. The crowd got excited when she was divided. They stared and they strained every muscle. They said it was magic, but I thought it tragic to sever her hat from her bustle. And I don't mean maybe, if I was that baby, I'd raise up a flock of objections. The axe spoils her chance for a lovely romance. Who'd marry a lady in sections? Sawing a woman in two was never the right thing to do. In decent society, there should be a law to keep him from tickling her ribs with a saw. To settle the question, I asked for a date. And when she said yes, I hardly could wait. I was nervous, you bet, to see which half I'd get. When he called that Thanks, McGee. Will you hurry up and find that screwdriver and get this junk out of my living room? Oh, I'm only halfway through this tool chest, Molly, and I'm finding more stuff. Did you see... What do you want that screwdriver for, anyway? Oh, I can't tell you, Molly. It's going to be a surprise. <laughs> I'm going to do something for you that you've been wanting me to fix for a long, long time. Come in. Hi, mister. Oh, hello there, little girl. Hello. What you doing? What you? I'm looking for something. What? A screwdriver. Where? In this tool chest. Why? Because... Oh, listen, quiz kid. <laughs> Don't bother me with all this driver. I'm trying to find a screwdriver. I mean... <laughs> hey, you got a lot of dandy stuff in here, I bet you. Well... Oh, looky, a new baseball bat. Where'd you buy it? Hmm. Uh, I didn't buy it. it. It was a gift. Who from? From a man I bought a suit of clothes from last week. And stop bothering me. 
trying to locate a screwdriver in this big tube. Okay. Hey, what's in this bottle, mister? Hmm? Medicine? Put that back, sis. That's just some lotion I used on my arm the time I got tattooed. Hmm. Hmm. Did you get tattooed, mister? Oh, let's see it. Hmm. No, no, no. I, I don't want it. It didn't turn out good. Oh. Come on, mister, please. Let me see no. your tattoo. Well, okay. If you don't tell anybody about it, wait till I roll up my sleeve. There. Mm-hmm. See? See, that's a dandy tattoo, I bet you. Oh, I don't think it's right. Who's it supposed to be, hmm? J.P. Morgan. Why? Well, the guy that tattooed me was a little deaf, that's why. I told him I wanted to an anchor, and he thought I says a banker. <laughs> Now what? My daddy wants to know if you're going to join the poker game at the club tonight. You tell your daddy I'll be there. And tell your mother that if your daddy comes home smelling like energine, it's because McGee took him to the cleaners. (laughs) 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 I says tell your old man I'm going to take him for his role. I bet you won't, I bet you. He says you're an awful bum poker player. Oh, he does, does he? Yes, he does. He said you always played a full house like you were afraid it was haunted. Let's go on, Fresh kid. She can cause more trouble than a bee in a coupe. Now, let's see. I don't get... Oh, Molly, look. Here's that motorcycle engine I've been saving. Uh, what are you saving that for? Why, Molly. Now, how many guys do you know that could reach in their tool chest and bring up a motorcycle engine if somebody wanted a motorcycle engine all of a sudden? Well, I could count them on the fingers of a boxing glove, dearie, if that makes you happy. But for goodness sake, oh, get that... Gonna... Oh, hello, McGee. Hello, Mrs. McGee. Hello, Mr. Gildersleeve. Hi, Gildersleeve. Sit down and make yourself at home. Or no, don't. I've seen how you act at home. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't he a card, Mrs. McGee? Oh, he's a card, all right. And to think that I drew him. <laughs> sure tossing ringers. <laughs> what is all this stuff, McGee? You mean the stuff in this tool chest? Well, I was looking McGee, for... McGee, if you're thinking of starting a junkyard here, I'll complain to the authorities. This is a residential zone. Well, is it any of your business? Yes, it's my business. Well, what's your business doing in a residential zone? Dude! <laughs> bickering the both of you. He's just looking for a screwdriver, Mr. Gildersleeve. Well, I'll help him look for it. What does it look like, McGee? Oh, it's about this long with a black handle, and it's got TPG carved on the handle. TPG, eh? Uh, You know what that stands for. Well, I always thought it meant take a powerful grip. It stands for Throckmorton P. Gildersleeve. That's what it stands for. That's my screwdriver! Oh, here. Now, look, boys. There's no use fighting anymore. I just remembered where I saw that screwdriver. What? You did? Where? On the shelf in the hall closet. But be careful. I'll get it, Mrs. McGee. You stay where you darn are, Gildersleeve. <laughs> I'll get it. After all, this is my house. After all, it's my screwdriver. Okay, okay, okay. You can have your old screwdriver. I'll go get it. I'll go with you. I don't trust you out of my sight. You're so short-sighted, I could still get away with plenty. Where'd you say, Molly? On the shelf in this closet? Yes, but be careful, dearie, because that shelf is loose and it's... Yeah, right I know. I'll get out of my way, Gildersleeve, while I get that... I know 
you did, but I had to get that screwdriver. What did you want the screwdriver for? I wanted it to fix that shell. <laughs> Deborah and Molly will be back in just a moment. I want to make sure that everybody knows about Johnson's Wax Enamel, the sensational new kind of enamel that has wax mixed right in it. So please listen carefully for half a minute. Wax Enamel is different from any enamel you've ever used before because it contains wax. It dries with a finish that is remarkably smooth and satiny, a soft luster so much more beautiful than the harsh glare you often get with ordinary enamel. So, for the same reason, a wax enamel finish is harder to scratch or mar and easier to clean. And wax enamel is easy to use. You brush it on like any other enamel. One coat almost always covers, and a little goes a long way, making wax enamel economical. Your hardware or paint dealer or department store is now showing this newest Johnson product in its many stunning colors. Selected by a prominent interior decorator, You'll find just the color you want for enameling your bookcase, breakfast set, or bathroom walls. Make a point this week to ask your dealer about Johnson's Wax Enamel, the new kind of enamel that contains wax and dries with a smooth, satiny finish. Thank you. Good night. Good night, all. This is Harlow Wilcox, reminding you that when you buy any one of the Johnson Wax products, you get your full money's worth in satisfaction. Be sure to ask your dealer for Johnson's self-polishing glow coat for your linoleum, Johnson's wax for your floors, furniture, and woodwork, and Johnson's car new for your car. All these superior products are manufactured by S.C. Johnson & Son, Incorporated, Racine, Wisconsin. Well, we hope you'll be with us again next Tuesday night, same time, same station. Good night. This is the National Broadcasting Company. That was The Missing Screwdriver from October the 15th, 1940. The married couple, Jim and Marion Jordan, would play Fibber McGee and Molly on television, radio, and film for over 20 years. With so many running gags like The Hall Closet and Fibber McGee's Tall Tales, it is arguably the best and most well-written of the radio situation comedies. Well, that does it for our show this evening. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Old Time Radio Forever podcast. Next week, we switch gears a little bit and move to the hard-boiled detectives. So, be sure to subscribe on whatever podcast directory you may use. And until next time, good night, everybody. <laughs>